Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I am your co-host, Michelle Maros. Bear with me. I'm on the tail end of a cold, so I'm extremely sorry if my voice sounds a little off. But it's like Phoebe and Friends. It's when she has her sexy song voice, so maybe you'll like it a little more. Anyways. It's a little raspy. I love it. <clears throat> I, You know, I'm trying. But bear with me, please. Thank you in advance. And hello, Mom, my other co-host. Hi, How are Michelle. you? I'm good. I'm good. Welcome to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I'm really glad you're on the tail end of this because you've really, you've had quite a number with this. So I'm, I'm Well, I happy really to haven't see. been sick in a very long time. So I guess it was my time. I think it's happening everywhere. So you've endured it great. And I'm so happy to see you today. Tis the season. Yeah, I'm really excited because this is one of my this favorite is, topics of all time. <clears throat> you and I talk about this a lot. We get so many requests about this because I talk about it a lot. So I'm excited. I'm glad you're up for it today and feeling better. Yeah. So today's episode is long awaited. You know, since I started, we started working together back in 2012 and you've been doing this work, this topic has always been kind of a cornerstone of your practice and what you teach to people. And since we started the podcast, I've always known that we were going to do this episode, but every time I would bring it up to you, you'd be like, not yet, not yet, not yet. And so here we are. The time is now. And so it's true because we talk about books so often online and in the pot, um, in the show and on other episodes, we've had so many questions from you all of like books that we recommend or what would we recommend for this situation or that situation. And we felt like it would be a good time to have our book episode of some of the top books that we recommend, why, for what, and even just, you know, in your book, The Practice, which came out in 2014, you have a whole, I mean, you have a whole, the practice is a three-part daily guide, but the last part of that guide is reading for inspiration and how how you talk about how important that aspect of a practice is towards a more inspired way to live. So we're going to dive into your practice of reading for inspiration and what that looks like for you and how that's really served you for years and years and years. Um, I would say outside of meditating for my whole life, the reading piece is like probably number two of how I view you and your practice. Exactly, Michelle. And I'm, I think it's why I'm so excited because I feel like it's so important. So let me set the stage for all of you. Because this is really, there's many reasons why I get so exhilarated and so excited about talking about reading and reading for inspiration, as Michelle said. So for one, you all know that I I grew up with a really traumatic childhood. And so everything was always difficult. And so I would always kind of figure out where can I, where can I streamline things? Where, what, what can I take and what can I take? And so reading was something I just didn't want to do. I had no time for it. I was trying to figure out how to do everything else. So I excelled in math and creativity and art and English. And, but reading, no, reading was not on my, on my radar at all. So whenever I had a book report to write or something like that, my sister, she, was, she could read a book in like <laughs> five minutes. She was such a fast reader. 
So I know this is really, really telling on myself, but it's so important because I think it's a huge part of my story. So I didn't read it all as a kid much. I mean, very little, only did the bare minimum of reading. I was not one of those kids that in the summertime would read. So I just didn't read. So fast forward to I'm 28 years old and checking myself into treatment for bulimia. And in that six-week treatment center, you know, I, I really got deeper into myself and understanding all the things that were causing me to be bulimic and all the tra- trauma and the incest, all the things, which I'll talk about more. I know there's so much. I just Michelle just rolled her eyes because I hadn't no, even talked about that. Some I know. I don't think you've ever talked about. No, I, I don't know if I have. It's I think I have. a jump scare of trauma. <laughs> I think I have. Anyway, so when I got out of treatment after six weeks, one of the things I think all of you are aware of if you've been listening to the podcast was I knew that I needed to find some sort of daily routine or practice or try to figure out how can I stay in recovery. So one of the things that I landed on was reading, ironically, which I think is so cool, was reading. So the first book I read was Scott Peck's The Road Less Traveled. And that launched me into now a 39-year practice of reading. So I truly believe that Reading and especially reading books that inspire us, that help us understand how other people live their lives. And I'm talking about other people, meaning people that really speak to our hearts. So I really sought out people who I resonated with. I love the title, The Road Less Traveled, because that's what I felt like I was on when I got out of treatment. So I grabbed that book and then read so many other books. I've read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books along the way these past few decades. And so I get really animated and very, very excited about talking about the books that I've read and why, and, you know, sharing it all with all of you and really inspiring you, not necessarily to read the books that I have read. You know, I'm going to give you a full on discourse on some of my favorites, but for you to then be, have this little spark inside of your heart. Wow. I can go find a person or a subject or something that I can read that's truly going to inspire me because I believe strongly that what we read, what we watch on television or on, on social media or on the internet or all the places, as Glennon Doyle likes to say, say on the interwebs, and what we eat, what we see, what we take in, all the things that we take in through the senses has a dramatic effect on our lives. It really matters what we what we, what we take in through the senses, as I just said. So for me, reading was huge and it literally has transformed my life and has shown me ways of understanding practices and ways of understanding life itself. And it's helped me find my mentors and find my inspirational teachers and find the places in my life that align with me and those that don't. So thank you for indulging me on this little discourse on how I got to reading and why it is really, I believe, as you said, Michelle, it is one of my cornerstones of my practice and my life. Yeah. And I can, I can relate to a lot of what you said about your journey to reading in your own terms or in your own, as your own practice, because similarly to you growing up, I liked to read, but I like to read, you know, like Babysitter's Club (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, like Goosebumps, those, those books from when I was a kid. But when it came to reading, you know, school books, it always felt like a chore to me. So I don't know if I necessarily ever got into a very solid practice of reading as a common placeholder in my life. And again, like you, it's been since I've been as a young adult, post-college, having gone through difficult situations in life and um, being, you know, confused and uncertain and unsure about things, I realized that reading and like you said, finding people who maybe have gone through similar things or have touched on topics that I was confused about or seemed to have some sort of guidance to help me figure out aspects of my life. I was like, wow, this is a really big practice that I could cultivate in my life that had just really been missing. 
And so, you know, I really value reading. And it's it's kind of twofold because I think of like my practice of like reading for inspiration, like what I have taken from you that you've taught in your practice as like finding books and teachers and people who have kind of done the things that you want to do or experience similar things that you've experienced or can explain things that you are contemplating and help you sort of get clarity. And then of course I have like reading for fun, which is like my babysitter's club, but for an adult. So I think there's a way that we can incorporate reading, inspired reading, motivational reading into our lives that is not overwhelming. I also think or would like for you to touch on how you read, but it's not like to finish the book, you know? Yeah. I think sometimes a lot of us have that stack of books on our nightstand that we just have to get through and we never do. And then we feel some sort of shame about it. And then at least maybe I'm speaking about myself having all these books and then feeling like I have to speed read through them to get through them to say that I read them. But like, what are you really taking out of it? So can you go into a little bit about that? Because I think that's, that could be helpful for a lot of people. Definitely. It's really, I love what you said, Michelle, because I know you do read for inspiration, but you also read for fun. I don't exactly read for fun. Having fun for me as I- Do you have fun? Yes, I do have fun. Yes. But I don't read for fun. And that was, I think, partially why I kind of set the stage for my growing up years of reading. And I just never read because for me, I learned early on that reading wasn't fun. It was a chore. I had to do it for school. So I had to get it done. So as an adult, I don't read for fun. I do read for inspiration. So I don't really read fiction. I don't really read things just for fun to be entertained by reading. Truly reading for me has become purely an inspirational thing. When I sit down to read a book, I'm being inspired. So if I happen to pick up a book that I thought was going to be something that what would interest me or that would inspire me, and it doesn't, I put it down. So I'm not one of those people that I have to finish a book. I'm not one of those people that that reads one book and then goes on to the next. I've read some books. There is a couple of books I'm going to talk about today in this episode. I've read probably 40 times in the past 30 years, 38 years. So I read purely for inspiration. It's, it's a meditation for me. Actually, when I sit and read a book, I'm actually absorbing the author's words. And for the most part, I would say probably 90% of the books I read are autobiographies or their memoirs, or they've been written by the teacher or by the author or by the, the person who is writing them. They're not very rarely do I read books that are written about someone unless it's been a really close relationship that that teacher or that person has had. They're usually, I like to hear the words of the person that's written the book. So in terms of being inspired by the teacher or by the person who is writing the book. So it's really interesting to just understand for me, if you're looking to be inspired to find the people in your life and they don't have to be alive. Most of the books that I read, the the person has passed away already. I mean, they're ancient. Many of them are ancient. Some of them are current, but many of them are ancient. I'm going to talk a lot about some of the ones that are current today that I've really been inspired by today. But I think it's really important to find, which I think we'll be doing an episode on mentors and inspiring people that that are we walk the path with every single day. But I think it's really important to find ways that how can I be fortified and strengthened and really feel empowered to live my daily life? Hmm. So I hope that answers your question. And what I'm thinking about with reading, it's it's really personal. It's very, very, very personal. And I'm not really sitting here saying, don't read for fun and don't do this. I'm just telling you what I do. Yeah. And I think it's really great because you have a real good blend of both. You read for inspiration and you read for fun. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. And the other thing that I wanted to tap into is a lot of times, especially when we teach our high school students, we talk about your diet and not in the way that you think, but, you know, thinking about the things that you take into your consciousness, not just food, but, you know, books that you read, movies that you watch, 
shows that you watch, like the internet and all of that stuff, and notice how these things that we take in make us feel, how they impact our mental health, how they impact our mood, our reality, our mindset. And it's always one of our most popular classes with the students because it's helpful for them to really become more aware of what they take in on a daily basis. You know, we always hear about diet with food, you know, be my, whatever, whatever things you hear about food. But we don't often talk about what we take in into our mind. And like you just said with your books, if you start to read a book and it's not really resonating with you or making you feel a certain way or feeding your mind in that way that you need to be fed in that given moment, it's also okay to put a book aside. I think a lot of people maybe, again, speaking from experience, I'm one of those people that gets a little, um, what's the right word? Not perfectionistic, but where I'm like, if I started it, I have to finish it, even if I don't like it. And so sometimes I'll begrudgingly force myself through a book just so I can have it in the finished pile. Mm. (laughs) Um, So maybe you're letting us all off the hook of finishing a book that's not necessarily resonating at that given time. Yeah. Why? I often, you're not, you're not alone in that. I've talked to many people in my lifetime that are like that. They have to finish what they've started. And I just feel like when it comes to reading and maybe it's, maybe it, it's because I don't read for fun um, or that I don't, I read purely for inspiration. So if something's not inspiring me or something is not resonating for me, I'd actually, why, why waste my precious life or waste my time reading something that doesn't, you know, that doesn't inspire me or that isn't, isn't, that isn't doing what it is that I'm spending my time, but it isn't doing what I want it to do. It's just not, so this is not for me and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not for me. So I think I honor myself in that not wanting to waste my time on something that's not going to um, help me reach the goal that I'm sitting there spending my time doing. So I think it's very intentional. Yeah. My, yes. I love that, Michelle. Yes. My reading is very intentional. Because I want, and I, I just want to say, go ahead. No, and I absolutely love it. Like I am, I am so in love with this part of my practice of reading. I don't go a day without reading something, without reading, and sometimes it's only maybe a couple pages, or a couple quotes from a particular uh, teacher or, or saint or mystic or whatever. But I always, I always read something every single day. And I wonder what that means about me because. I love finishing things. I think it's great. I don't think. No, no, no. To- I mean, maybe I'm now this is digressing. Us, no, this is us having our like little chats on the stairway or whatever. But like, I love finishing the shampoo bottle. Like there was times when I was a kid where if my shampoo bottle or whatever in the shower would be upside down on its last leg and I would be so excited to finish it. And like maybe you or somebody else would have taken it out to already put it in the recycling bin and I would get so enraged because I'm like I was just about to have the satisfaction of finishing my shampoo bottle that's kind of how I feel with books sometimes where it's like I I might not enjoy the process but at least at the end I get the satisfaction Mm -hmm. of finishing it I don't know what that means about my personality but I think it's good to let ourselves off the hook because maybe maybe you'll come back to it maybe it's not the right time to finish it that's but true. I love for what you said, you love reading because you do it every day. And it's true. Sometimes you'll just open your book that you have on your nightstand and read a paragraph mm-hmm. or p- read the paragraph, reread it a few times and then be done. Like you really are intentional, like I said, but you take in the text that you're reading and let it marinate within you and really seek to understand the message that's being given not as a way to complete something but as a way to gain something that's so beautifully said michelle and i think one of my favorite times to read is right before bed i love to take in that paragraph as you said or that message into my sleep as a way to gain something or as a way to cultivate that life that i'm living and fortify the life that i'm living 
in my sleep as well. So I don't know. I just want to backtrack a second. I don't know what it says that you want to finish. I think what I heard from all of that, I think is, which is really cool, which is what you and I talk about this a lot. We have to stop marching to the beat of the drum of society. There are no, there are rules. I guess there are rules in life, of course, but there are no rules. We, there is no rule about how to read and how not to read. And so I think whenever we are honoring our truest, most beautiful selves, that's what's most important. So if I don't finish a book or if I put it down and just say, what, this isn't for me, I don't feel guilty. I don't feel bad. I don't feel like there's some Mm -hmm. law or some rule out there that I have to finish it or I'm not giving this person or this author a chance. I think we have to put aside all these ideas that there are all these rules that we're following that not only are not in alignment with who we are or what we want to do, they don't make any sense. So I don't, I think we can all be exactly who we are. And what we're sharing today is how, how you read and what you read and what I read. And, and maybe it will resonate with people listening because I think at the end of the day, there are people out in the world that we can walk life's path with that we've never met before, but we can meet them through books. We can meet them through podcasts. We can Mm. meet them through recordings. We can meet them on social media through reels and stories. So I think we have such a plethora of opportunities in our lives today to walk life's path, which is one of my favorite things to say because I love the fact that we can walk life's path together with so many people that we've never met. But we can be so inspired and we we can be like in a grocery store picking out fruits and vegetables. We can pick and choose what actually speaks to our hearts And then we can leave the rest. So let's get into it. I'm excited. I love that. I just wanted to add one more thing before we get into the actual books. Um, The way that I kind of have started to view reading for inspiration like this. Um, Sometimes it can be really hard to, like we, we quote Martin Luther King Jr., you can't see the whole staircase, but you can see the first step. And when we're thinking about our lives or getting through difficult times or having the clarity of of what we want our lives to look like or going through trauma or uncertainty or hardship or any of the things that go on in life. It's, it can be really hard to maneuver your way through it. And like you said, finding these teachers or inspirational people or even just regular people um, who have gotten through similar things. We're going to, I know we're going to talk about role models and mentors and things like that in another episode, but you can learn from people who aren't, you know, up on a pedestal and have, you know, a grandiose history. But a way that I like to look at reading is I, I took a, a class from a manifesting teacher, um, Lacey Phillips, a few years ago, and she talks about the concept of expanders. And I know we've talked about manifesting in another episode, and this doesn't really have to do with manifesting, but her concept of talking about expanders, I think, is really what has helped me with reading. And she says, you know, find people who are doing the thing that you want to do or have experienced the thing that you want to experience or emulate the feelings that you want to feel and use them as your visualization to show you what's possible you know, like representation, seeing what's possible so that you can feel the feelings and know that it it's possible for you too. And so reading for inspiration is kind of my expander of maybe I'm not through the thing that I want to be through, but I can read Glennon Doyle's um, Love Warrior and f- read similar things and say, oh, wow, she went through that. It's so similar. I can get through this or whatever. So I just, for me, it's, it's kind of an expander of maybe I'm not there yet, but all of these other people have seemed to gone through similar things and now they're here. And it's just a, a way to keep my mind open to the possibilities. I love that. And I want to expand just a little bit as well before we go on, because I, I want to dispel the notion that anyone should ever be on a pedestal. I'm really happy you brought that up because why I love reading so much, because one of my first thoughts as a child was I got to go. And when I got a treatment, I got to go find all those people that are quote better than I am, or that are up there on the pedestal and they've done all the work and they're, I can idolize them. And I can, this is why I love reading so much because I realized 
there are no special human beings out there. We are all special human beings. There are people who have just done the work and they're showing me how they have done the work. And now I can take in the way they've done the work and see how that works for me. So it, I'll never forget the day that I was reading. I spent 10 years reading all the great traditions and religions of the world. And I'll never forget the day that I was reading. I was raised Catholic and I'll never forget the day when I was reading the story of one of the saints and it occurred to me and it hit me in such a strong way. Wow. They had a really horrible, shitty life. It was really hard for them. They didn't just get born and they're a saint and they're amazing. Get they born st- and get a saint. <laughs> get born and become a saint. They struggled. Oh my gosh, some of the things that they went through were horrific. And I remember thinking when I went to bed that night, like, wow, everyone struggles. Everyone has suffering. No one is just born you know, amazing and phenomenal because we're all amazing and phenomenal in our own right. It's how we live our lives. So it really brought that it brought the idea of putting anyone on a pedestal crashing down. It's not, it's not a good idea. It's not an important idea. It's not really in your best interest to do that. We read these people because they're just like we are. Yeah. And they're good. And they're walking their path. Every time I read somebody, Oh, well, they just did that just like I did, a little bit different, a little bit uh, different century, but it's kind of like what I'm doing. It's kind of like what I'm going through. So that's how I that's how I really equate people that I really love to read. Oh, I feel like I could be this person walking the path with them back in the 18th century or whatever it is. So it's really, really important. Do not put anyone on a pedestal. Don't think that these people had it all figured out when they got out of the womb. Mm-hmm. And really, they're just like us. So you really can hold their hand. I feel like I'm holding people's hands when I'm reading books and I'm having a really beautiful conversation as we're walking life's path together. So I just wanted to say that. That's a great distinction. Thank it, you. It changed for... my whole life for that. All right. So let's, let's take get... a break and then we'll get into it. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we're back. Alrighty, the moment maybe you've all been waiting for. Let's get into the books that you have held hands with throughout your life. <laughs> <laughs> so what I've done is I've kind of put books into categories, like the book that I read, reread the most, the book that I recommend, all the things. So we'll, well, I guess we'll start with the book that I've read the most, the book that I really came in contact with very soon after I got out of treatment in 1984. And that would be Melody Beattie's Codependent No More. Which we talked about in a past episode, so... We have. If you resonate, go back and listen to that as well. Yes, we have. And I read this book, and I every page, I kept turning the page, wow, she knows me personally. She knows what I've been going through. This explains what's happening for me. This explains everything. Having just come out of treatment, it all just gelled together. And this book, I have, no joke, I probably have 20 copies at home, I literally have a copy of almost in every room in my house because I like to just pick it up and start reading it from anywhere now. I probably read, this is the book that I've read the most. And I love to give copies of this book away because I think she's, Melody Beattie's a genius. This book, I think, revolutionalized addiction, codependency, enmeshment, all the things that you hear psychologists talk about way back then and they still talk about it today, I believe. And so over the first half of my life, you know, I had no idea it was code. I didn't even know what that word meant. So this book shifted everything for me. It gave me language. It gave me understanding. It gave me meaning. It helped me heal, begin the healing process, because I don't think we ever fully heal from everything, and especially my relationship with myself. It helped me understand everything. And so I actually took a quote from the book that one of the quotes that really resonates with me a lot, Michelle, I could, I could read it if... If you think we have time. Oh, we have time. Okay, good. So she says this, we don't have to take things so personally. 
We take things to heart that we have no business taking to heart. For instance, saying this, if you love me, you wouldn't drink to an alcoholic makes as much sense as saying, if you love me, you wouldn't cough to someone who has pneumonia. Pneumonia victims will cough until they get appropriate treatment for their illness. Alcoholics will drink until they get the same. When people with a compulsive disorder do whatever it is they are compelled to do, they are not saying that they don't love you. They are saying that they don't love themselves. I'm actually going to cry. Just re- This is one of my favorite paragraphs of the book because this was me. Not only did I not love myself, I had no idea who I was. So I took everything personally. And so when I read this in Codependent No More, I thought, oh my gosh, just the, the biggest light bulb and the biggest aha moment. So this book is truly about understanding how to become the independent, loving, caring, amazing human being that we came to this life to be. And that it really doesn't, that we can't take other things take things that other people say and do personally because it really has to do with ourselves. But it also is all about any kind of addiction or mental illness or compulsive disorders, all of that. It really clarifies that very, very beautifully, I believe. Totally. That is one of both of our favorite books. And I was just going to add in before you go to the next one that with your practice and what we often teach to our students and anyone who comes to workshops is to take a paragraph or a quote or a phrase like you just did, you know, pull it out of the book and really sit with it and marinate, like I said, in the message or interpret what you think the author is trying to convey or the message that it's giving to you or what it means to you as a way of really extracting a different meaning and a different sense of inspiration than just reading and moving on. And I think you're going to do that with each book. Is that correct for the most part? Yes, that's correct. And before, sorry, before you go on to the next book, um, one of my other favorite books by Melody Beattie is Journey to the Heart. It, if I had my list, this would be close to the top. It's a great daily inspirational book. I mean, all of Melody Beattie's books are amazing, but shout out to Journey to the Heart. And you gave me that book and I love it. I agree. Mm -hmm. Journey to the Heart is really, really beautiful. It's a very, those two books together, Codependent No More and Journey to the Heart, make a beautiful, really great bookends for your day. Hmm. Because I like to read Journey to the Heart before I go to sleep at night because they're little, little daily passages or read it first thing in the morning. So I, I agree. Those two books are Extraordinary from Melody Beattie. Love it. On to the next. So the next book, the next category would be books that I recommend the most. And what I want to give you here is an older book that I recommend the most. When people say, what is your favorite book? Usually it's three books. Codependent No More is right up there. And then this next one is Man's Search for Meaning. Mm-hmm. This absolutely changed my life. When I, when I saw the title of the book, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, I was like, oh, I'm looking for meaning in my life. So this was probably several years after treatment. I'm looking for meaning in my life. And whenever I see man's, I just, I just remember that the generation that this was written today, if it were written, it would probably say person search for meaning. They're not trying to exclude women. I believe they're just, they're making it like human beings search for for meaning. So I never get put off by that, especially if it's something that's written so long ago. This book is extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary. It, it is the, it really is the book of all books. Um, Victor Frankl was in a concentration camp. And for me to think about a person in a concentration camp, writing a book about man's search for meaning just blew my mind. I devoured this book in one day. I could not put it down. So if you're looking for a book that really helps you understand the trials and the tribulations and how difficult that life can be, because I don't know if there could be any more difficult life than someone being in a concentration camp and surviving. It is truly a remarkable, remarkable story. And it's heartfelt, but it's also so powerful in his message and in, and in, he was, he's a psychologist. So 
psychiatrist, psychologist. It, so it's really understanding his mental process along the way and how he helped so many people in this concentration camp to survive because truly what the whole book is based on, that what we think can cause, can cause us more suffering than anything else, even though he was at the ultimate of suffering in a concentration camp. So I, I don't even know how to give this book justice or how to, how to even really talk about it because it truly is one of the more extraordinary books I've ever, re- I've ever read. And I've read this one dozens and dozens of times. Yeah, it's probably second to probably codependent no more of you rereading and reading and reading. Yeah, because, you know, when I've been at the worst of my life, when I've had the most trials of my life, and even recently going through this divorce, I picked the book up again because you read... You read what he went through in this concentration camp and you read the stories and you read the stories about the people that he was with and you read through the lens of his eyes, his vision, his, his exposure there in the concentration camp, his experiences. It is so humbling and it doesn't, didn't mean that what I'm going through is any, didn't, didn't mean that it was not real or that, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be feeling the way I'm feeling. No, it was actually the opposite. It empowered me. Like, wow, if Viktor Frankl can do it here, I can do it here. So it's really, that's what I'm always looking for. If you can do it, I can do it. I think Mm -hmm. every great human wants to feel that, like, not that you're above me, but that if you can do it, I can do it. So a couple of the things that I took out of this book are actually there are actually quotes or there are little, little sections. So there's two that really resonated with me the most. And it's this really famous, famous quote that you probably have heard or seen between stimulus and response. There is a space in that space is our power to choose our response in our response lies our growth and our freedom. And I'm going to cry now again, because when I first read this in the book, There is nothing I have sought more in my life than to be free, free from my addiction, free from my trauma, free from my, all the, all the, all the anxiety or all the ghosts or all the things, chaos and disturbances that have happened in my life. So when I read this in our response, so in our actions and in our choices in life lies our growth, which we all kind of know that, but lies our freedom. So this changed my life. Yeah, that's one of the quotes we I think we've probably quoted. Every time we do a talk, probably, <laughs> yeah. I think. In this podcast. And in this podcast. And then the other one, you know, this just follows this one. Everything can be taken from a man or a woman, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And so this empowered me to say, wow, I am an incredible, extraordinary human being in my own right. I can choose my own way. And so this is my human birthright. And this is one thing that can't be taken away from me. So this truly is freedom. So this is, I hope I'm giving you a feel of how I interpret things that I read. I'm like, I look at it for my own self and I say, wow, okay, now I get it. I am a human being. I have the extraordinary power of choice. And in all my choices will lie my freedoms. And no one can take that away from me. I love it. You can tell this is her her jam. She gets so amped up by all of this. Which is, I love to see it. We love to see it. And so the book then, the, The 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 more recent book that I've been recommending the most lately... So I always recommend Man Search for Meeting. But the more recent book that I've been recommending lately that is really, I've read it several, several times because I just absolutely can't get enough of her is Nedra Glover Tawab's book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace. First of all, any book that has the title Peace in it, I'm kind of curious about. But I always thought, you know, I knew what boundaries were and I always thought that I was a good boundary setter, but I'm finding out in this past year and I'm finding out with you, Michelle, because you've said it to me, mom, you have some weak boundaries here. You have some weak boundaries. So when Nedra launched this book last year, I, I can't get enough of it. It is so amazing. And she really does an extraordinary job of, of using language that is understandable for everyone, for all of us, because I like very simple language. I, I don't like all the big fluff and all the big flowers. So this book, 
is been a bedrock for me and this idea and wanting to know more about boundaries and wanting to see how boundaries do lead to finding peace. Do we lead for understanding what I need for my own self and helps me become more independent, helps me really understand that I have the power here. And so I've really understood it better. And one of the quotes I took from her book that I really, really love is the ability to say no to yourself is a gift. If you can resist your urges, change your habits and say yes to only what you deem truly meaningful, you will be practicing healthy self-boundaries. It's your responsibility to care for yourself without excuses. And so I, I think for Nedra's book, why I've been recommending it to so many people lately is because it's really hard to understand what exactly do we need to do to care for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think she does a really extraordinary job of helping us break that down and understanding that self-care really is not that complicated. It's actually kind of simple. We just have to really understand that we have to say yes to ourselves more. Absolutely. Nedra is one of those people who you, un, without any hesitation, will always recommend her content, her work, her books, because they've been so helpful to us personally and Everything she says is just so digestible and relatable and informative, um, especially when it comes to boundaries. I mean, she's a therapist, so she has so much experience to talking to people about life experience. So we love Nedra. If you're looking for a way to have healthier boundaries, she's the expert. She has another book coming out very soon. She does. Well, I think when this drops, it'll already be out, but. Yeah, pick it up. I can't wait to read it. Drama Free, A Guide to Managing Unhealthy Family Relationships. Ooh. That sounds like something we need. <laughs> it sounds really good. It sounds and really good. perchance, she might be yeah. coming on this podcast. We'll invite her on the podcast, yeah. In the future. That'd be wonderful. Wink, wink. All right. <clears throat> Moving on. So the third book that has helped me in my life for, oh yes, for, well, I put those two together. I put Man's Search for Meaning and Nedra's book together because they're both books that I recommend the most lately. So yes, you're right. This is the fourth book. (laughs) This is the fourth book. So this is, this is my favorite book if you're going through a difficult time and it's When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron. I read this book actually when I was going through my divorce from your dad, Michelle. So that would have been way back in the day. Um, Actually, the idea of going through difficult times and how do we manage difficult times. And I just love the title, When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron. So Pema is a, a Buddhist nun, but she started out being a mother and has two kids and all of that. And then... Gave all that up at some point in her life and and became a Buddhist nun. So it's I don't find it very religious. I find it very practical for us human beings when we're going through difficult times. And we all know that things fall apart in our lives quite often. I mean, this happens to all of us. So in some small ways and in some big ways. But I really love the way Pema Chodron, being a Buddhist nun, which is kind of cool, but she also was married. So I think she has the best of both worlds here when she says things like, when things fall apart, that usually means we're on the brink of a change of some kind. So this book gives us beautiful advice on how to relax into what is and understand perfectly. And then she goes on to say that the present moment is our perfect teacher. Mm. So it really, this book, I have to say, you know, in all the things we, people saying, be in the moment, having having one-pointed attention and being present and present moment awareness and all of those things, this book really helped me understand what all that meant. That if I can actually be in the moment with what's happening, even if it is really, really difficult, it's going to actually teach me something. And even in the moment, if it's not teaching me something in that moment, eventually it will be a great teacher for me. And she goes on to say it could be the perfect teacher for us. So she goes on to say this. This is one of my favorite quotes. We think that the point is to pass the test or overcome the problem. But the truth is that things don't easily get solved. 
they come together and then they fall apart. Then they come together again and then they fall apart again. It's just like that. The healing comes from letting there be room for all of this to happen. Room for grief, room for relief, for misery, for joy. So Pema's book here, When Things Fall Apart, is really showing us and it has helped me so much understand that life is a duality. We have pleasure, we have pain, we have suffering, we have joy. So no feeling is ever final. Things come and they go. So it's really helped me understand that that is the nature of life and that is what's going to happen. So we can't always have the joy and we can't always think that it's going to be pain. So if we can kind of get into the flow or the rhythm of life, we can actually see that things come and they go and they come and they go. So this book, When Things Fall Apart, really helps me in any kind of turmoil that I might be having in any difficult stages of my life. I love that. I had, for some reason, when you said that book, I thought it came out more recently, which is why yeah. I gave you that look when you said you read it during the divorce. You did give me a look. Because I, I was like, wait, that I didn't think that book was that old. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been out for a while. I love it. Me too. Me too. So then one of the next books that if you're in a creative slump and you've really, you helped me here in this category as you were, I think you were in your teenage years, but there are two books. Actually, both of these books are big ones for you. I think you, yeah, these are my books, I think. And I think you recommended them to me and I love them. They've, they've helped me dramatically. So why don't you take these two on? If you're in any kind of a, I don't know if you're in a creative slump or you're looking for, you're looking to be inspired creatively. I think these two books are phenomenal. Yes. So the first being The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Um, If I were to write my own list, um, this book would definitely be towards the top because it's, I am a self-described writer. I've always been a journaler or writing in my diary as a kid. I went to journalism school. I write now. And I always find that I'm looking for people who can help me through creativity blocks or practices to help me tap into my creativity. And years and years ago, someone suggested The Artist's Way to me. And it's a book and a guide for cultivating this daily practice of writing And admittedly, I fall in and I fall out of the practice, but certainly the way that Julia Cameron, just the way she talks about writing and making everybody feel like it's a skill that's accessible to them and that everybody has creativity, it's just waiting to be tapped into. And even that it's not something that's just given to us, we have to not work for it, but put in the practice for releasing it almost. I just love the way she talks about writing. And I always gain something when I go through her book or when I tap into the practice of, she calls it morning pages, which is just writing a couple pages of free writing in the morning. I just love it so much. And it's, her work has change the way I I view creative work. So highly recommend. And I think just to add one thing, it is about, it is, it is really inspirational and huge for writing. But I also think that if you're just looking to be creative in so many other parts of your life, I, I love that you recommended this to me, Michelle, years ago, because I was kind of in a creative slump. I felt like I had all these ideas and all this stuff, but she really helped in reading her book and putting the morning pages to practice, it not only helped me with my writing, it also helped me with being able to let go of any blocks that I was feeling in my mind and in my thought process. I, there's so many things that she says in the book and I don't know. There's so many things that I could quote, but I just love that 
she kind of humanizes the writing experience and makes you really feel like if it's something that you want, if you want to be a creative person and put out any sort of work or art or writing or poetry or screenplays, anything that you can have it and it's within you and you just have to almost show up for it every single day like you would show up for your life, like showing up for your creativity. And she says, creativity requires faith. Faith requires that we relinquish control, which I always love because I tend to be very controlling over my creative process. And that was one of the things where I'm like, I can let go and just be open to whatever creativity, like talking to creativity, like it's a person like creativity. What, what do you have for me today? Um, I just love the way that she talks about it. And there's so many other quotes I could share, but, um, that certainly is highly recommend that book. I too, I think I have, you have many, many copies. I've given this book to many people. Um, It's just one of my favorites. And then the second one for creativity that I love is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I know that many people or most people probably know her as the E, Pray, Love person, which I also love that book. Um, But Big Magic spoke to me in such a specific and meaningful way about, again, creativity, about the ideas that come up for you in your life as far as projects that you want to work on. And really what it means to have an idea, cultivate it, nurture it, and see it through and offer it out into the world. Um, And really also what I took away from this book is understanding that we all are connected and we all have similar experiences. Obviously, we all have unique experiences through our own lens and in our own path. But it makes sense that we're going to have similar ideas. And, you know, if someone comes out with, you know, your big idea of your project, it almost gave me comfort in knowing that we can have, there's space for all of us. We There's space for all of our creativity. There's space for all of our ideas and insights and and outlooks on life and to be open to the abundance of that space and not let it be a deterrent to us fulfilling our creative dreams. And um, one of the my favorite quotes from this book is, the universe buries strange jewels deep within us all and then stands back to see if we can find them. So this quote really kind of marries well with the artist's way because I I feel, or at least it's my interpretation from Julia Cameron, that the morning pages are us kind of swiping away the dirt and the dust to uncover these strange jewels that are within us all. And like I said, it's kind of up to us to find it or to be... Um, open to finding it or to even have the desire to be creative in that way. And then coming in with Elizabeth Gilbert with this quote, that's why I say it speaks to me in such a way is because I've always felt so deeply like it's, and this is again, my experience. It's not that everybody else has to be this way, but it's like my job to uncover inside myself, the things that I wish to share with people or the stories or the insights that I want to put out to help people. And so these two books married together definitely have guided me and helped me. And actually, now that I think about it, since I'm in the process of writing my book, I probably need to go back and read both of these. So I love it. I love it. I just, <laughs> it that you we could talk for hours and hours and hours. And this is why I said to Michelle, many, many, many months ago that, oh, I don't think I'm quite ready to do the book one yet because I just get so absorbed and so immersed. So I think we want to, we want to leave you here with this episode. We want to tease you to come back next week to listen to part two of this episode because we could go on and on and on and on. And I feel like we have another six, seven, eight books that we want to recommend. And, and 
I to do it justice and to do it right, I think we should pause here. She's a two-parter. I'm a two-parter. I could do make this like a 10-parter. We could talk about books for the rest of the year. But I really would love to just, Michelle, if it's okay with you and if it's okay with the listeners, I'd love for us to pause here. Yeah. And let's absolutely. let let's let's let these books and we could do just a little quick recap of what we've talked about already today. And then we'll be so excited for you to join us next week for part two of reading for inspiration. And then we'll also talk about, you know, what does it mean to have a, have a inspirational person that you can walk life's path with or a mentor, whatever that might be for you and how that has shown up for the two of us. I love the idea of sharing with, with our listeners, you know, how, what does that mean to walk life's path with another person that, that isn't even in our physical realm necessarily. So I just love this so much. You can tell that I She's can't excited. stop talking. <laughs> cannot stop talking. So. She's so happy we're, we're allowing her a part two. So. Yes. We have so much more to share. We really do. So do you want to briefly just give the list? Sure. Sure. So the books we talked about today? Yes. So I started off with the book that I read the most and probably one of the very first books that I've read on this journey has been Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. Mm-hmm. And then the companion book that she wrote next, Michelle, that you you gifted to me is uh, Journey to the Heart mm-hmm. by Melody Beattie. So highly, highly, I would recommend that, if, especially if you're if you're feeling like you're in a in a co- in a uh, not codependent. If you're feeling like you're in a codependent relationship, absolutely pick it up. But if you feel like you're you're in a relationship with a um, someone with a compulsive disorder or an addiction, or if you're just feeling like there's an enmeshment in the relationship that needs to be looked at, definitely this is a book to pick up right away. And then the two books that I've been recommending the most lately and in my life in general is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Mm-hmm. He spent several years in a concentration camp. You will find this riveting and will not be able to put this book down. And then the one that I've been recommending lately, especially in this past year, given my divorce that I'm going through and just the idea of how to set boundaries and find peace is Nedra Glover Tawab's book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace. And then the book that we um, recommend always if you're going through a difficult time, uh, Pema Chodron, she really has a way of helping us understand that life is not pleasure It also has pain. Life is not just suffering. There is also joy. So it really helps us be in the present moment, understanding that no feeling is final and that we can actually ride the waves of pleasure and pain and really understand when things are falling apart, they're going to come back together. So Pema Chodron, When Things Fall Apart. And then lastly, my two books that I added, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron and Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Fabulous books to help you tap into your creativity and to make you feel like you have a message. Your life has a message and a meaning and a purpose. So to be continued. What I love about those last two, just so that I could add that, <laughs> well, because what they've helped me with, you're very, very creative. And I feel like you. I like that you're the one that said, let's cut it in a part two, but you do not know, want to I get off this talking. show. But I just wanted to say you're very creative and I feel like you tap into your creativity more regularly. And so sometimes I can be in a slump where I just, I just can't think of one. I just can't tap into it. So when you gifted these two books to me, they really helped me break out of that notion that oh, I'm not creative or I can't get going in my creativity. So, well, and truthfully, I feel like I've been in a bit of a slump. Like I said, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a, a book and I've been a little putting it off to the side because I don't feel inspired sometimes. So maybe I need to take my own advice and jump into these books. So we say what we need to learn. Okay. See you next week. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) We will be back next week with a part two of our list of books and also talking about mentors, role models, and finding people that that can expand our idea of what is possible. So... Make sure you're tuned in for that and make sure you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you're listen, wherever you listen to podcasts so that you can stay up to date with all of the newest episodes. Be sure to follow us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, at Barb Knows Best Pod. 
So you can send us messages, questions, comments, concerns, and also potential podcast topics. If you haven't yet and you're enjoying the show, which we hope you are, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and leave us a review. It's really, really helpful for us and for the health of this show. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of this community. And we will chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.